Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by NetSuite, a robust all-in-one system to optimize your business. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron and gobble gobble. This is my favorite holiday of the year. And I want to give thanks. Thanks to all of the listeners. Thanks to the sponsors. Thanks for the people who came on the show. Thank you to the Crypto 101 team. I hope everyone has an amazing holiday with their friends, their family, turkey, beer, football, and whatever else you do on Thanksgiving. And part of giving thanks, I want to have the listeners back on the show for another listener's episode. But this listener's episode is a little bit different. These listeners are also crypto entrepreneurs. They all have their own companies in the crypto space. We have Crypto Markets 360, Elite Crypto Trading, Crypto Authority, and Black Sparks. All to tell you about how they came into the crypto space, tell you about themselves a little bit personally, and tell you about their projects. So listen to this. If you ever thought about, hey, could I make my own business? Could I do something in the crypto space? Could I be a blogger, a podcaster, make a program, make an app? Listen to these stories and maybe it will inspire you to go out there and do it. But before we get into those stories, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. There you can send us an email, say what's up, give us a question, a comment. You can join us on our social medias, our Facebook, our Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our shows. You can hit the button that says iTunes. Go to iTunes. Please leave us a five-star rating for Thanksgiving and a nice comment. It helps us stay visible. And think about becoming a patron. Patrons, if you have been a patron for over six months, please go to the Patreon page. We have a holiday present for you there. And without further ado, I am pleased and happy to welcome four listener entrepreneurs to Crypto 101. Enjoy. Alan, welcome back to the show, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm glad you had me back. I had so much fun the first time around. Right on. For listeners that don't know, Alan was on the show as a listener about three or four months ago. And I have Alan back on because Alan is doing just a little bit of everything in crypto. He has projects, websites, blogs, podcasts, and he is in-depth, deep in the space, and I want to talk to him about it. Alan, before we get started, please just briefly introduce yourself. Uh, so you may have oversold that a little bit. I hope I can live up to it. But uh, so I'm Alan. Uh, I grew up in South Florida. My background is in actuarial science. And so I kind of tripped into the crypto space in an interesting way. I I, uh, I play online poker for uh, quite a while, and, and a few of the poker websites started paying out in Bitcoin at a time that I didn't know what Bitcoin was. And it was a lot faster, so I decided to start taking withdrawals in Bitcoin and immediately converting them to cash, of course, which I wish I didn't do now. But so that kind of got me into the space. Then I started learning a little bit more what it was about. Um, a few of my college buddies told me about their friends mining and trying to sell them Bitcoin. Again, we really wish we would have taken them up on that deal. But I got more involved in the crypto space in around 2017, which is, I think, around the time I met you. Yep. And you know, since then, I've, I've tried to put together a few different projects, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, throughout this episode, uh, culminating with what I'm working on now, which is uh, Crypto Market 360. So what is your motivation of being in crypto? Besides the fact that you got into it by getting paid in Bitcoin while playing poker, what kept you in crypto? What's your motivation to stay in and stay involved? I think it was different, right? And and I, I kind of have the attitude of when I, when I see something different, I like to learn about it. Um, and when I was going through, I, I remember I read the Bitcoin white paper a little bit late, I was already kind of interested and, and was starting to learn through through other mediums. Uh, but when I read the Bitcoin white paper, that really interested me in, in crypto. Then I started learning about Ethereum and, and other platforms. I come at this from the view of, I think there's a lot of inefficiencies in the world right now that Bitcoin has opened people's eyes to, but that blockchain can fix. So, you know, the standard ones that you hear about, maybe electronic health records, real estate, all the way to uh, government. I'm not a anarchist per se, uh, more of a libertarian, but I do think there's a lot of areas that, that blockchain can help. And, and so that, that's kind of why I'm still in the space and why I'm really interested in it uh, is because I think there's the, it's almost limitless what, what we can fix or improve. So the reason that we have you on again is because this is an episode for listeners that are involved in crypto that has made some sort of product, a blog, a podcast, a business, or what have you. Again, we've known each other since 2017, probably a little over a year now, just going back and forth casually about what we're doing in the space. What have you been up to in the past, well, let's say year and a half? Sure. So um, 
I'll kind of go a little bit before what I'm working on now just to paint a better picture. But um, I had started a website called Perk360, um, and, and our goal there was to put out 360 word articles of basically everything that was going on, you know, everything from sports to finance, business stuff. Um, and I had already taken interest in cryptocurrency. So we had a crypto section of the website. Um, and we noticed really quickly, and this is when things were kind of booming in the crypto market, probably almost exactly a year ago, I'd say maybe a little bit over that. And that was the vast majority of our traffic. So the first thing that happened, and this was the first kind of involvement in, in cryptocurrencies from a business standpoint, was I moved all the crypto content off of Perk360 and just created another domain for it. Um, so I created CryptoMarket360.com where we were going to house basically the same stuff that we had been housing on Perk360, but only cryptocurrency. And so we did that for a while. And I had come across someone named Paul, and who is now my business partner with Crypto Market 360. And he had his own thing, which was a daily email newsletter called the Crypto Curator, where he was basically curating all of the news that was going on in the crypto space, putting it in a digestible format and emailing out a free newsletter. And so we had come together after talking earlier this year, I'd say it was early 2018, I think, um, if I have my, my dates correct, and kind of merged that together, kept the Crypto Market 360 name. And we've just evolved from there. So we have a daily email newsletter, which the goal is to capture all the credible content that comes out in the crypto news cycle every day. It gets delivered to about a thousand people um, every morning. And then uh, we had some feedback where people wanted to you know, get it in an audio format so they could listen to it on their way to work. And so we basically created an audio version of it, which um, is the Crypto Market 360 podcast. And then uh, more recently, we've tried to get into a little bit more of the, I wouldn't call it the data game, but we've, we've put together uh, what we call a blockchain news database. And uh, we're trying to save people time in their research of cryptocurrency articles and news. You give me a sneak peek of your business platform. You said the, the news to give somebody the data or the news that they want to see when they want to see it. So you don't have to just go through all kinds of different news, different um, memes and FUD and FOMO. If you're a business person, you can just click on and refine your news to what you're getting, stream what you need to know about you for either your personal consumption or your business consumption, and you get that daily. Can you tell us about your business plans with that system? Yeah, so I mean, I think you honestly did a pretty good job of describing that. So what we did is we basically, and this kind of all started with Paul, right? Because his background is in crypto curation. And what we've done is we've put together a list of news sources that we think are credible. And so that's where we start. We have about, I think, 20 to 25 news sources, everything from your Business Insider to um, CNBC, uh, Cointelegraph, Coindesk. So we start there. We filter out as best as we can. And you know some stuff goes through the cracks. We filter out as best as we can all of the content that is sponsored and paid for because we're really trying to, to put together the high quality stuff. Then what we do is every article that comes through, we put it through our algorithm and we assign it a category or set of categories. And so this could be everything from altcoins to regulation to adoption. A lot of the keywords that specific groups may be interested in. So for example, a law firm may be really interested in cryptocurrency adoption and regulation. And so after that, uh, we, we basically put this all out to a front-end uh, web app and allow users to click on buttons, essentially, to filter the news to exactly what they want to see. So we're, we're really going after people who spend a lot of time researching the news and are looking to save some time. What I like to kind of like a thought experiment is say, let's say you're trying to find every cryptocurrency article involving regulation that has taken place in the last seven days. Well, you're going to probably start with Google. You're going to type in a few keywords and a bunch of sources are going to pop up. A bunch of different articles are going to pop up and you're going to have to click each one of those, go to all these different sources and make sure that the content is, is you know, actually involving regulation. We've put together something where you can just click a button and all of that content is right in front of you. You click the link, it goes right to the source. And so we're trying to really save time there. You actually gave me a thought experiment the other day, and I, I really liked it. And I'm not too sure about your pricing structure, so I'm just going to you know, pull a price per month, and you can tell us maybe later, uh, for, for your service. Let's say it's $20 a month. And for $20 a month, you can refine your services to say, like you said, regulation, ICOs, STOs, Malta, and refine everything down so you get only the news you want to see. Now, for $20 a month, opposed to saying paying somebody full-time salary to do that for your business, 
how do you feel that businesses can benefit from your service besides saving money? Or is that the main goal? Oh, man, you are taking the words right out of my mouth. Um, so you, you kind of describe the main value prop here. Uh, say you're a lawyer for a big law firm and you happen to handle a lot of the blockchain clients, cryptocurrencies, ICOs. Um, you're probably spending you know, 10, 20, 30 hours a week just reading the news, staying on top of everything that's going on so you can advise your clients properly, make sure that you're well-knowledged in the space. And a lot of that time is is, is not the reading. It's, it's really the finding of the sources, finding the articles, making sure you're reading stuff that's credible. Um, and so what we've tried to do is, is cut down the time that you spend looking for those articles. And so that's our main value prop. You know, you mentioned $20 a month. It is uh, a, a little bit more expensive than that right now. Um, mainly because we really are saving and we're, we're targeting companies, financial advisors, people who their time is worth enough money that saving time will, will merit the cost that you pay for this database. But, but that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to save time so that their time can be better used advising clients or you know, doing their, their other operations rather than spending time going through Google. Just ask you a question about your future business plans and you know, not to you know, jump to any conclusions, but do you have any plans for, say, a personal solution to that news feed in your future business plans? For example, like a small business owner, maybe a, let's say, a podcaster that has to keep up on the crypto news, but might not be able to afford something that maybe, say, a business can afford, a financial business or a lawyer can afford. Do you have another solution for them? We're, we're planning on adding quite a few features down the line, everything from credibility scores for authors, credibility scores um, that would get placed directly on content. So you know, if you're only trying to, to view the most credible news or the authors that are putting out the highest quality content, you can do that. Fear index, greed index, sentiment trackers, um, a lot of things down the line. Um, and so when we do start to roll that out, I think we'll have multiple pricing options. We'll have something more geared towards the individual where you know maybe you can have a lot of the basic functionality for $20, $25 a month, everything up to full customization, database exporting, things that companies would want at, at a higher price tag. But but right now we, we are at a stage of you know still doing a lot of UX testing, talking to a lot of our partners, getting their feedback. And so a, a lot of those things will, will be coming down the line. Excellent. Do you have a referral link or a link to have the community help you get feedback? No, honestly, right now, uh, it's been a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations. You know, if anyone is interested in demoing this, providing feedback, you know, I, I love it as critical as possible. Nothing's going to offend me. But I can be reached at alan at cryptomarket360.com. Uh, that's A-L-A-N, not uh, the wrong way, A-L-L-E-N. Um, and so, no, I'm, I'm super <laughs> open to anyone in your audience if, if they want to reach out. You're super um, open, but very, uh, apparently prejudiced against people that spell their Alan wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my actual, uh, I, my college roommate uh, for senior year, uh, and, and actually, you know, one of my closer friends spells his name A-L-L-E-N. So, you know, I spell it wrong to him and he spells it wrong to me. But uh, but no, so I know I'm super interested, you know, if anyone um, who listens to this is interested in demoing it, providing feedback, um, you know, be more than happy to set up some time with them to, to demo the database and, and, you know, hear what they have to say. Oh, man, I, I totally understand what you're saying, though. The French spelling of Matthew pisses me off. M-A-T-T-H-I-E-U. Bro, come on. I thought, I thought that was the right way to spell I thought you spelled it the wrong way. <laughs> are you serious, man? My name's in the Bible. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't get more definitive than the start of Jesus' chapters. <laughs> anyway, Alan with an A-N. Thank you very much for spending some time with Crypto 101. And thank you very much for being such a contributor to the crypto space, to helping not only people grow, the space grow, but now businesses grow. No, for sure, man. I think you're killing it. I love referring people to your podcast because I know they're going to get some really cool episodes. And, you know, I'm a testament to that. I've been listening to you guys for at least a year now. It's been it's been a while. So, no, man, you keep doing what you're doing. I think you're, you're really doing justice to this space, and, and I hope you, you never stop. Man, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. Good luck. All right, man. You have a good one. All right, Thanks. bye. Listeners, John Duff and Andy Rosas, welcome to Crypto 101. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Guys, first, I want to say thank you very much for listening to Crypto 101. And also, I want to say thank you very much for getting involved in the crypto space. The reason why we have you on today, not only because you are listeners, but also because you are taking the plunge into being proactive and doing a business in the crypto space. So what I want to do today is I want to get to know you guys. And if you could, hey, we'll start with John. John, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
All right. So uh, living in Arizona right now, I grew up in uh, Seattle. I just moved to Prescott, uh, Arizona last year. My background is mostly in sales. Uh, I was actually a sales consultant for uh, Verizon Wireless for about five years. I used to sell cell phones. I used to sell real estate. You know, now I'm here in Prescott, just started Elite Crypto Consulting. I actually also have a local service business doing uh, auto detailing. And uh, I also mine Bitcoin. I have a Bitcoin mining operation up in uh, up in Seattle and Washington, actually, because the electricity is a little bit cheaper. So, what kind of miners are you using? Uh, I'm actually using uh, Ant Miner L3 Pluses right now. Oh no, shit, man! How'd you get a hold of those? Those are really hard to get. I actually uh, just bought them off uh, of Amazon off a, of a reputable seller that I uh, was actually watching his YouTube videos. Uh, shout out to Crypto Crane. <laughs> right on. I was watching his. He watching his YouTube videos. Yeah. And he's a pretty solid seller and he had some, you know, pretty good deals going on. And I was going to buy him through Bitmain, but they had a waiting list at the time, you know, so I wanted to get him sooner. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sure. What kind of, so what kind of, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of profits are you making? Are you making any money off your Bitcoin? Are you mining some, are you getting some of those rewards or are you in a pool or how's that working? Yeah, not really, man. I'm actually using pro hashing right now, which basically lets you use your script mining power to mine whatever coin you want. And uh, I'm actually mining at a loss right now, but not too bad. It's it's close to break even, but you know, I'm not really looking at the short-term gains. I'm not actually cashing out my my mining profits. I'm just hodling everything and I'm just kind of I'm mining three different coins right now and just stacking them and just kind of going to see where it goes, you know. All right, Wait man. for the next cycle. What, what what coins are you mining? I'm actually accumulating um, Zcash, Poly and ZRX right now. Oh, right on. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Well, Andy, tell us a little about yourself. Hey, guys. I'm uh, Andy Rosas, 25 years old. First of all, I want to thank you, man, for being on this podcast. It's a privilege. I tell you, I listen to it a lot. It's been uh, definitely a stepping stone into cryptocurrency for me. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, 25 years old. I uh, After high school, went to uh, play college football, actually. I got a scholarship um, as a kicker, actually, and uh, played a junior college um, at a uh, Glendale Community College up in Arizona, kind of like an hour away from where we live right now. Uh, went there um, and then uh, came back down here to uh, Prescott Valley, so where my family's at, and actually got involved with a, a church here um, as a uh, youth pastor. And I also handled a lot of their marketing, handling their website and um, doing marketing for the concert scene they have and, and things of that nature. So um, got involved there, and that's actually where I met John. John moved here from Washington, and then um, he uh, introduced me to to Bitcoin. Um, I you know I, I heard a lot about it uh, before. Um, it just in passing and uh but never really took a deep dive into it and then when he told me about it um that's when i really got interested at that time i just i really got interested and started um you know started listening to crypto 101 just started just any any way i could just learn and trying to find ways to figure out what what is what is this bitcoin what's the technology behind it and so um got into it um actually i think the first what i first bought the first time i got i, I got in i got zrx uh, civic um and uh, yeah, ZR and Civic were my, my biggest holdings, and I three times uh, three x my money when I first uh, got in, and I was like, wow, like I didn't lose at first, you know. So that really got me into it even more. I was like, I just I just hit a three hundred percent. So um, then I put some more capital in, started learning some more, started actually took a course online some for, from some people that uh, were doing uh, you know teaching you technical analysis, fundamental analysis, and all all the um, all that jazz. And um, yeah, ever since then, just really been getting into it and um since then just you know and on the way on the way i've also i've always obviously it's not hasn't always been you know gains i've, I've lost it here and there but um overall my portfolio has has been more than what i've invested so um that's a plus but uh yeah that's that's how i got into crypto if you ever want to get yeah. out of crypto man you can travel for the cleveland browns man i think they need a kicker <laughs> exactly <laughs> seriously no, I gave that up. I tore my ACL three times, man. So that's uh, oh, that kind of ruined my my career, man. I three times, so it's just I, I'm done with it. I don't want to play football. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Off. What was the motivation to get into crypto? So fine, you you guys got into crypto. We're mining, we're buying, we're we're hodling, we're selling some Civic, but why, John? What what's your motivation? I mean, honestly, I just had some some friends that used to talk to me about it back in like. I had this, my best friend, his brother was like super techie. He was into really into computers and different stuff. And he was telling us about Bitcoin and how we needed to buy it and how it was going to be the next big thing. And, you know, we'd always talk about like, you know, what if we could have got into Amazon or Microsoft back in the day when it was like eight bucks or whatever, you know, like, and I was like, man, I think, you know, I've always been into making, making money. And I was like, man, this could be, 
this could really could be something, you know, but I didn't have really a ton of money to put into it at the time. And so I bought a little bit of Bitcoin back in 2015. And I didn't have the patience, you know, to hold on to it for very long. I think like a month later, I sold it, you know, but I was always kind of mm. like in the back. Yeah, <laughs> it was always kind of like in the back of my head, you know, like Bitcoin, man, like, I wonder where that's going to go. And like in the spring of 2017, like, I think February, you know, I, I had the Coinbase app on my phone. So I'd always be like checking it, you know, Mm. I noticed for a while there, like going up, going up, going up. I'm like, man, this might like something's going on here. I didn't really know anything about it. I just saw that it was going up slowly, you know. And uh, so I jumped back in, bought some Ethereum for like nine bucks. I think Bitcoin was right around like a thousand bucks then. And uh, I actually didn't hold that for very long either. Uh, you know, I made like four or five X my money or something like that. And I sold it. I was like, man, tight, you know. Right. And then I kind of realized I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I, I spent the next few months just like learning everything I could about technical analysis, fundamental analysis, following people on Twitter, you know, uh, watching YouTube videos, just stuff like that. And then I really went in when I felt I started feeling a lot more comfortable, you know, got my corny G subscription and signed up for the different exchanges and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, was feeling pretty comfortable with uh, my technical analysis and stuff like that. And I put in, you know, a pretty decent amount of money for me. You know, it was like thousands of dollars, which was a lot of money, you know, for me to just go in. But I was just I was into it, man. I was just hooked from the from the time I like really bought that Ethereum and Bitcoin and got back into it and started really like looking into the into the markets and learning about it. I just got hooked and I just I just loved it. So, um, yeah, I just kind of ran with it after that. Just spent like 12 hours a day on it for like a whole year. My wife hated me for it. <laughs> right on, man. What about you, Andy? What's your motivation? Well, to be honest with you, my motivation at first was greed. You know, it's like um, I heard you can make some money and, and, and doing this. I was, I, you know, you hear you hear all these stories of people that can make money or, or have, you know, they made tons of money. And I'm like, well, you know, what? I'm going to I'm going to dip into this. And so I did. Um, and so that was the initial motivation um, of getting into cryptocurrency. And so that um, that motivated a lot of uh, what I did after that. But uh, now, I mean, just educating myself on on the whole space behind it, I realize it's a lot bigger bigger than just trading. You know, for me, that's what I do. I, I love trading. But as far as the actual technology side, I think it's actually very revolutionary. I think it's a uh, it's, you know, by no means am I an expert on that side of things, but um, I definitely see how this can um, change the world, change how we live. And so for me, that's that's something I want to be a part of, you know, an early adopter. I think it's 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 very early in the game. And to be a part of that, you know, just like John said, you know, a lot of people wish, you know, I've heard so many stories of, of people, you know, oh, yeah, my, you know, so and so had stocks when when Apple just came out or something, you know, it's, and for me, I don't want to look back and say, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I had some Bitcoin or I had some, uh, whatever, you know, and I, I sold it and just, and, uh, cashed out, you know, and didn't, and I wasn't a part of it. So for me, um, just knowing that how early it is in the game and how early it is in, in the technology, it's like, this is something I want to be a part of. And, you know, it's funny cause you try to explain it to people and it's like, it's like talking a different language, you know, sometimes. And it's, it's, you just want them to understand, you know, I'm you know, talking to your friends or family. Um, but, I do think, you know, eventually it would be it's going to be a part of, you know, for me, I think it will be a part of people's everyday life, even if they don't even realize it, you know, be, you know, the technology behind it, they'll be using things that they didn't they don't even know. Um, my, 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 my family was about the kind of like that. And I want to share this story since you, since we both you both brought it up about holding old school stocks. My great aunt, which my which I called my Nana, we, she kind of was a big part of my life from when I was one year old to about six or seven years old until she died. And she was an immigrant to the United States from Poland. And so she was living here since the 30s or so, always working wow. at AT&T. And part of, part of being part of AT&T is she would have AT&T stocks. When she died, she gifted my mother $30,000 of AT&T stocks, I think in 1986 or so. And my mother and my, my father decided to sell those stocks in 1986 and buy a company. The company went bust and they were out $30,000 in stocks. Those huddle, oh, yeah. actually, I actually know I haven't checked it for about 10 years. It might even be more. I might, I'm going to check to see what it's actually worth. Those $30,000 of uh, AT&T stocks in 1986. How much are they worth today? I am not too yeah. sure, but somebody's ha ha has them and somebody's happy. You, know, right? <laughs> you mentioned something in, in what you were saying, Andy. You said you are educating yourself on the space. What do you think of the space in general? Well, I think, um, you know, part of educating would, you know, I, I tried to exhaust every avenue 
um, when it comes to, you know, part of it was listening to you. But when I think about it, I, like I said, I think, you know, I mentioned that it'll be a part of everyday life. Like, for example, smart contracts, people can people will be, you know, perhaps in a smart contract and not even knowing, you know, it'll be part of their whether that's their um, loan or um, their agreement for a, a car or whatever, a lease, and they don't even know that it's actually on a smart contract, you know, um, but that that's something that really in, intrigues me about the space, the whole space. And, you know, I feel like explaining the blockchain technology, like trying to take the ocean and put it in a teacup, you know, even the, the experts at times, you know, it's still it, it's such it's in a beginning stage. And I feel like there's a lot of extremes. There's people that believe that the blockchain technology can will change the world to one extreme where everything it'll, like, you know, you know, it'll change everything every square inch of this earth, you know, and, and there's other people that think it might just be, I think it'll be more of um, certain segments where it could, it could impact, you know, so that's, that's, um, you know, obviously trading is, 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 is what um, really uh, intrigues me about uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but it's bigger than that, like I said. So it's, it's what intrigues me a lot is just the technology behind it. John, you guys started a business in the crypto space. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, Elite Crypto Consulting really just started out as fun. Last year, I opened a Discord channel just so I could trade with my friends. And, you know, obviously during the bull run, when everyone's trying to get in, uh, I just had a ton of people, you know, on Facebook and stuff like that start to hit me up because they knew I was into crypto and asked me about it and want to learn how to get into it. And so I invited them, you know, into my trading room and just kind of spent a ton of time just for free, just helping, helping a bunch of people, you know, uh, learn how to trade, talk about different coins, answer their questions and just, you know, kind of guide them along the path of how to get into crypto, how to secure their, you know, their crypto assets, what kind of wallets to buy, when to buy, when to sell, you know, teaching them about different uh, technical analysis tools. You know, eventually, actually, you know, my wife just got really sick of me helping people for free and like taking away like all of our family time to help all these random people, you know, now they aren't random people. They're my friends or whatever. Most of them or acquaintances, at least, you know, I'm, I'm putting all this time and energy into helping people. And uh, she was like, you know, you need to quit helping people for free, you know, because I helped a, a lot of people make make good amounts of money. And, um, you know, I guess they were kind of uh, they were like relying on me, too, for for info. And, you know, a lot of people just want to know when to buy and when to sell kind of thing. And uh, but, you know, some people wanted to learn as well. But that's pretty much how it started is just helping other people get into it and then just really getting to a point where I, I saw an opportunity to to monetize those services and actually, you know, make some money off of uh, what I'm teaching people, you know, and also I love crypto. I love teaching people how to trade crypto and about crypto. So it's like, why not? Why not do what you love and make money at it? You know, right on, right on. So tell us a little bit about the business. How does the business run? How do you have a structured and how can people, well, hook up with you guys? So uh, basically right now we offer a range of services, uh, you know, from helping people learn how to set up their wallet and how to properly secure their funds, you know, what exchanges are trustworthy, how to properly manage a portfolio. We teach about uh, different coins and their uses, you know, such as privacy coins, you know, for example. Um, but, you know, mainly we think of ourselves as trading trading coaches and, you know, are experts in, in technical and fundamental analysis and just knowing when to buy, knowing when to sell. Um, you know, we aren't we aren't financial advisors. We don't give financial advice, but we both have backgrounds uh, consulting and teaching people in other businesses and in, and in church and stuff like that. We both had a lot of uh, success uh, trading crypto. So um, you can find us at EliteCryptoConsulting.com. And uh, basically the way it's structured is we have a Discord channel. We send out trade alerts. We have a watch list. Um, we show our current positions. We actually do a daily market update with technical analysis. We'll analyze coins. And um, if you have a coin you have questions about, we'll answer questions. We'll do technical analysis on coins. We also have a private Facebook group that uh, is part of the subscription. It's uh, it's just $29 a month. So, you know, it's pretty affordable. It's not a huge investment. We actually offer a 14-day free trial. So if anybody wants to try us out, man, we'd love to We'd love to have you. We also offer personalized coaching if you need like some more one-on-one -on -one time, like maybe you, you want to you wanna actually get us to help you personally. We can do that too, so. Right on. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Andy, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh -huh. You guys seem nice guys, you know, uh, really interesting history and all that. But what makes you feel that you have the experience, the education and the ability to 
coach somebody in cryptocurrency trading. It seems that you got into the market just right before the boom, made a little money. I think we all made money in the boom. Why does that give you the confidence to do this? And why should people trust you? Just like John said, um, we come from a background where we can, t where we teach, you know, I was like, like he said, um, you know, a pastor for a while, a youth pastor. So I was, it was easy for me to be able to communicate a message to people. And so for obviously the message is different when it comes to cryptocurrency. But for me, what I think qualifies me is number one, I have experience in it. I've, I've, I've lost and I've, I've had gains, but number one, I think it's for me, the mindset, I believe of you know, a lot of times people think it's a gift, right? Like it's something that you're, it's a gift to be able to trade. You know, anybody can make money, like you said, when when it's a bull run and it's going up and you're 10x in your money. But a lot of times in, in seasons like now, you know, it's 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 hard to to make money at times. And a lot of people view it maybe as a gift. But I I, be, I believe it's a skill. I think it's a skill that it can be learned, just like uh, people skills. I think it's a skill that can be learned. And for me, um, it just kind of depends. I think the worst enemy is yourself rather than, you know, there's all these technical analysis people, you know, post charts on Twitter that are like crazy, you know, they have tons of lines everywhere. But for me, um, I like to focus when I teach, when I teach people and, and John teaches has it has a different method. But when I, when I teach people, I like to concentrate on number one, it's a lot of it. You can know a lot of the head knowledge. You can know a lot of the, the mental, you know, the fundamental technical analysis, but but to actually apply it and to actually do it is a whole different story. And that's why that's a struggle I have I have found for myself and is that it's hard to actually apply it when it comes down to actually executing trades. So for me is just is teaching people what is knowing your risk tolerance, knowing what you how much capital you want to risk, how much capital you don't want to risk and and, and show and, and allowing people to discover themselves as a trader. And to know, you know what, my risk tolerance is this, and I feel comfortable risking this. And for me, being able to see the chart, seeing different um, indicators of different, um, you know, bullish and bear indicators, um, and being able to actually execute those trades and make money off them and lose, I've I've learned from I've learned from those mistakes, and I consider myself pretty conservative. So it's been experience. It's also I've I, I have I paid uh, you know two thousand dollars to to be able to educate myself. I learned from. Um, I don't know if I could say their name, but I've, I've learned from some people that are that have made a lot of money, educate myself um, on, on how to actually trade and learn from their lessons. Right on, man. Thank you very much for that. Gents, first, I want to say thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101. And also, thank you very much for listening to Crypto 101. And second, I want to say thank you for getting involved into the crypto space. A lot of people say, how do I get involved? A lot of people want to get involved. But most people do not take the step. And it's hard to take that first step. It's really hard to get, you know, well, sign up that for, for that first email, you know, make that first website, make that first Discord channel and get that first person in and start talking to them when you're when that first person is the only person in that Discord and convince them why they should hang around, hang out and stay or stick around with you. So good work for that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Gents. Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. Well, we have one more question before we get off right now. Please tell us three songs to put on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist. All right. We have uh, Mystic by uh tosh sultan we got house of pain jump around yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> classic yes and uh neil t my new beginning right on gents thank you very much for coming on crypto 101 thank you thank you man when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now a word from our sponsor, NetSuite. Has your company outgrown QuickBooks? 
Are shared spreadsheets, manual processes, and legacy systems costing you time and money? Now is the time for you to move your business to the cloud. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy to use cloud platform. With NetSuite, you can save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting orders, and HR instantly from your desk or even your phone. Thousands of the best-known brands and fastest-growing companies use NetSuite to manage their business, and now it's available to you. The power of the world's most powerful cloud management system is more affordable than you think. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights to overcome the obstacles that are holding you back for free. Don't miss out on unleashing your business's full potential with this free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. You'll learn how to acquire new customers, increase profits, and finally get real visibility into your cash flow. Download NetSuite's guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth, for free today at netsuite.com crypto. That's netsuite.com crypto. Now, back to our show. Felix Yenes, welcome to Crypto 101, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No worries, man. Hey, you know what? You're a listener. You've been a longtime listener and you're a content creator doing a lot of great work in the space. And I thought that the listeners of Crypto 101 should get to know you. Man, first, let's start off and say I want to say thank you for doing something, being proactive, making and creating in the space. Well, Matthew, I thank you. That, um, you're one of the core reasons why I'm doing this. I, uh, I came across your podcast in August 2017, and ever since I've been an avid listener. And listening to your podcast and seeing how much I could learn and, yeah, just seeing how much I could learn from interviewing people and really getting involved and engaged within the space motivated me to start up my own brand, which actually is an ironic story that we've spoken about before, but I'll speak about it again. So when I opened my own cryptocurrency news brand in September last year, I think it was in September 2017, we actually, um, me and my friend, we decided to name it Crypto 101. And then after about a month of it being um, being a thing on Twitter, we realized that um, obviously we'd coincided with a, a similar name to yours. Obviously, we checked whether who'd started the page first and indeed you did. So we decided to change the name and we have since rebranded to the Crypto Authority, which is what we're called now. Right on, man. Excellent, excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you based, about your background, where you grew up? Okay, perfect. So I was originally born in London. I was raised there for 11 years. And then very fortunately, my parents actually made the decision to have a complete lifestyle change. And we moved to the south of Spain, which is where I am now. I'm half Spanish and half English. So I've been very fortunate to live in the two places where I'm from. I've always been in international school. When I lived in England, I went to English school. But then when I came to Spain, I didn't go into Spanish academia. I stayed in English school. I just went to an international school. Hence why I've, um, I've managed to keep my British accent. And then for university, I went back to university in England, um, which was absolutely fantastic. And I just graduated this summer. And now I am looking for a job within the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. Right on, man. You know, actually, that kind of threw me off a little bit when the first time we, we spoke, because your name is Felix Yanez, and it has like, uh, uh, what is it, Enye? Uh, yeah, it's got an Enye. So and I was like, and then English, you're, you're, yeah, then you said you're in, in Spain, and I was just like, but then he's like speaking like a proper British bloke over here. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in English, you'd pronounce my name Felix Yanez, but then in Spanish, it would be Felix Yanez. It makes a Nye sound. I, I'm not one of those people who cares. I understand that we're all from different countries and that some people can't pronounce their nye or they don't understand it. So I'm cool with either Yanez or Yanez. Right on, man. So when you got into the crypto space, okay, first you're an international person. You're of two different lands. You said that it was a good thing that your parents did to move out of London. Why? Oh, God, yes. It's um, the, the whole stereotype around London being cold and rainy weather it's not a lie. It's, it's very much true, unfortunately. And it's not that it's pouring down with rain every day. It's just a very gray and depressive environment. So when we moved to Spain, I started living outdoors more. I started doing wakeboarding, which is one of my main passions. If you guys don't know what wakeboarding is, it's essentially like snowboarding on the water. I've been able to develop wakeboarding since I've been here. And I've just generally had such a healthier and more privileged lifestyle since moving to Spain. 
the the cost of life is cheaper and the quality of life is definitely much higher. So I've been very lucky. Right on, right on. So what got you into crypto? What is your motivation for being in crypto? Is it being because you're part of two different countries and you know the problems with going back and forth or was there other motivations behind it? Okay, so I think there's, um, there's a combination of reasons that you just picked up on there. So a few years ago, I did an internship at a currency exchange place. And what they essentially did was they converted any currency from one to another and they tried to, um, they tried to out-compete with the banks by offering a more attractive exchange rate. But the problem that I found was that the service that we were offering, although it was better than the banks, it still wasn't the most efficient service which we could be offering to consumers. So... That's where I noticed there was an initial problem. And then secondly, I'd love to say that it was a more charitable and a fantastic story. But um, in summer of 2017, I was looking on YouTube and on the side, on the right hand side, on the recommended videos page. I don't know why, because I must have been looking at some finance videos, but a video came up and it was titled something along the lines of Ant shares rebranding to Neo potential for massive gains. And this mm-hmm. is about the time when Neo was just worth a few dollars. Um, and as we know, ever since it went up to roughly $200, but I haven't checked for a few weeks, but I think it's, I think it's quite close to $2 again. I think it's around the 15 and $20 mark. But mm-hmm. um, so that's how I originally came across crypto. I, I clicked that video and then I was like, oh, this sounds like a fantastic way to make money. So that's when I fell down the rabbit hole and, um, yeah, ever since I've been, like most people, addicted and borderline obsessed. But um, <laughs> I'd just like to mention that although the price was the first thing that got me involved into crypto, I think that way too many people within the space are putting too much attention on the price of cryptocurrencies and not on the value. Right. So personally, especially at the minute, I don't care about the prices. In the long term, the price of an asset will always equal the value that it offers. So a combination of greed and impatience is what is leading people to be so fixated on the price. I think 2017 made us a very spoiled community. And we've seen that we have the potential to meet, to reach a market valuation just shy of $1 billion. So there's no reason why we can't do it again. I think more people need to start looking at the projects and maybe trying to help and just stop caring about the price. I'm sick of it. Like I'm on crypto Twitter all the time. People are speaking oh, is it is the price going to rise after consensus? What happens when BAT opens or when the BTL, when the Bitcoin ETF comes out? It will come, guys. Just um, stop being so greedy and impatient, I guess. Right, right. I was just actually talking to somebody else a little earlier today, and they were like, well, you know, this talk always gets you good Twitter followers. Somebody's going to click, somebody's going to like, somebody's going to re- retweet if you keep talking about the price enough. And that's a great segue into... What do you think of the market these days? I mean, okay, fine. When people talk about price, you say that they're greedy or impatient. But what about the overall market? What about the overall space, the ecosystem or whatever you want to call it? Well, I think I think it's a phenomenal time to be in crypto. I think the amount of value that cryptocurrencies and digital assets can provide has drastically increased throughout this year. Unfortunately, and somehow the prices have gone completely the other way, which for me indicates buy. I think it's a great time and not enough people, maybe people within the space, but people who aren't necessarily involved in the space, people that heard that Bitcoin could get them rich and then they've completely disregarded it ever since we've had the bear. I think now is a fantastic time to capitalize. But um, yeah, in terms of the market, I think it's a very attractive time for buyers. But if um, if we're going to talk about a few themes that I think are very prominent in the crypto space and the crypto markets in 2018. I think decentralized exchanges are going to be a big thing in the in the next 24 months. They already have grown a lot throughout 2018. And then the new, the inevitable demise of USDT, USD Tether, and the new emergence of stable coins. Actually, I'd rather not call them stable coins. I've told myself that I should start calling them fiat-backed coins or USD coins. So we've seen the emergence of new USD coins like USDC, which is USD coin, which was created by Circle. And then you have True USD, and those are the two most prominent ones that mm-hmm. have um, that have really been growing in the last two months. But then you have other ones like the PAX. But um, yeah, stable coins and USD coins are a big theme in 2018. And I, I think that USDT, Tether's market share, will just be um, slowly eroded by 
the growth of all these new ones. Right on, right on. You know, a lot of people say the DEX. A lot of people have been talking DEX, DEX, but I never heard asked somebody, why do you think the DEX? Why do I think DEX? Okay, well, yeah, so these more traditional exchanges like Binance, they somewhat encourage you to, um, to use their wallets on their centralized systems. And obviously that's not the way we want to go. And I think in the decentralized ecosystem that we live in, I think that decentralized ways of exchanging these digital assets is definitely the way forward. The less middlemen, the better, because in theory, that should alleviate the cost of the transaction, the time that it takes to process, and it completely removes counterparty risk. Right on, man. So you got into the space, you fell in love with first the price, then you found out about the utility, and now you're looking forward to these different aspects that you just said moving forward into the crypto space. So you made Crypto Authority to kind of welcome all of that in. What is your plan for Crypto Authority? Why did you make it and where is it going to go? Okay, so there are a few reasons why I made it. Firstly, and I think the most important one is to incite and to encourage new people to get into the field. So when I got into cryptocurrencies, as I said earlier, I just fell down the rabbit hole and became addicted. And I started achieving levels of productivity that I'd never seen before. And I'd, I was reading so much and I was... I was really gaining passion for a field that I'd, that I'd never come across. And as someone who's interested in traditional finance, I wanted to share this new emergence of finance or this new era of finance with more people. And then secondly, to educate them, to educate people with cryptocurrency news, with cryptocurrency jargon and um, more technical concepts, maybe like consensus algorithms like proof of stake, proof of work and stuff like this. So we do this in three main methods. We're, we're inspired by yourself as well as other people like Joe Rogan and, um, you know, the more popular podcast pages to um, start our own podcast where we have three series. We have Industry Insights, which is a bit like this one here, where we get a guest on the show and we try and extract all of their knowledge. Then we have a Twitter page where we post more day-to-day -day news and instant news to our followers. And then we have blog posts where we post more in-depth content where we really delve into a subject or a, a theme and we try to explore it and come to a certain conclusion. Mm -hmm. You keep saying we, is it more people involved with Crypto Authority? Yeah, so originally I started the page by myself and I was in the final year of my university, so I was extremely busy. And um, I thought in order to in order to be able to post more content, it would be very beneficial if I got somebody else to come and help me. So thankfully, one of my close friends at university, Thomas, he um, he said he'd love to learn about cryptocurrencies and get on board and um, we'll learn about them more and get on board. And ever since we've been growing the channel, just us two. All right, man. Congratulations. Where do you think that you're going to go with the crypto authority in the future? Where do you want to go? Is... Think, thinking to go where you're going to go and where you want to go and setting those goals are different, different things. So where do you want to be with crypto authority? Okay. So where do I want to be? Well, definitely I want to, I want to keep to our two core main values, which is getting new people within the space and educating people already within the space. Those are my two overall aims that I'm going to have throughout the entirety of the crypto authority. But then in the future, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe opening up a fund would be something interesting. I've kind of toyed with the idea before, but unfortunately, the maths didn't work out. And the thing about a fund is when I came to um, kind of forecasting profit results, there's no real clear system for that because at the minute, no one can guess which way it's going to turn. So <laughs> I wasn't able to accurately guess what profits like. If I were to ask you, Matthew, what, what profits do you think your cryptocurrency portfolio is going to make within the next 24 months? You have no idea whatsoever. It's just a wild and somewhat calculated guess. I tell, I'll tell you exactly what I would do is I would go out and get a job because <laughs> I'm, probably gonna, I'm thinking it's probably going to lose more than gain, but we'll see. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm not sure. I've, uh, yeah, I've toyed with the idea of opening up a fund, but at the minute I want to grow the podcast as much as possible and... Um, I'd love to grow the channel so that we could post daily podcasts. Right on, man. Daily podcasts. What would you do the topics on? Just the same thing as you said, or would you vary it up a little bit? Yeah, the same thing as we said, but then I'd like to get a more conversational um, show, kind of like what, what we've got going on now. So yeah, a more conversational type show where I'd say the most similar thing we have at the minute is our series, Industry Insights. But rather than that being a conversation, it's more of an interview because... The protagonist is the guest. They're the one with the knowledge. I think something conversational like this would be something that I'd be willing to explore in the future. Right on, man. Right on. Good luck and congratulations for starting it and good luck for your growth in the future. And 
bro, thank you very much for everything. Before we get off today, I want to ask you the question I ask everybody. What three songs represent you, Crypto Authority, and your love for the blockchain space that I could put on our Spotify playlist? Okay, well, the first song, it doesn't necessarily express my love for the cryptocurrency space, but it's definitely a song that has to be there if that if it isn't there already. It's a horrendous song, but the the title of it means that it has to go on there. So that is Bitcoin by Soldier Boy. It's yeah. a horrendous song. <laughs> it is horrendous and it is there, but it is horrendous. Okay. I agree. Okay. So um yeah that song. And then as um as we've said I'm half Spanish and I'm calling from Spain, so I think I ought to share my Hispanic culture too and make the playlist a bit more international. So for that reason, I'm going to go for the song Mujeres, which is spelled M-U-J-E-R-E-S. Mujeres. Okay. Doesn't that mean like daughter or? Yeah, it just means women, like oh, ladies. Women? Okay. Yep. Ladies, mujeres. Okay. Okay. Sorry. You just, you just then, heard, everybody just heard my shitty Spanish daughter, not women. Okay. Good. <laughs> Dude, any, any sort of attempt of trying a new language is welcomed in my eyes. And what's your third and one? And then my last song. So to commemorate one of my favorite music artists who recently passed away, Mac Miller, I'm going to, um, I'm going to have to put one of his songs on here, which is self care. Right on brother. Thank you very much for all of that. And thank you for what you do in the space. And thank you for coming on crypto One One. No, don't worry about it. Thanks so much, Matthew. All right, brother. Listener, Maya Metamis, welcome to Crypto 101. That's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Maya, I want to get to know you as not only a listener, but as a content creator and somebody that works in the crypto space. And I want everybody to know about different people in the space doing a lot of great work. And you're one of those Crypto Confidence podcast. I was on your podcast the other day. Thank you very much for having me on. It was great to have you. And it was great to learn more about your book and the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. And I want to get to know you a little bit. So if you would, please just tell us all a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I came into this space as a writer, as a journalist. I've been writing about technology and social media and fintech, and then gradually drifted sideways into writing about blockchain and crypto. Um, it was a little over a year ago now. It was around the time of some of the, the BitConnect Ponzi scheme collapse, and I ended up learning about that through a writing gig and then just getting more and more curious about why all these people had been attracted to that scam and intelligent, interesting people, then there had to be something more to it. And I found that I was just going from link to link and discovering more and more and also going after other writing gigs in the space. I suppose by that time, things were starting to gather pace in the market and there were lots of opportunities. And I also found it absolutely fascinating. I think I came across Andreas Antonopoulos' YouTube channel at the right time. And suddenly thought, oh, right, I get it now. <laughs> this is the most exciting thing since since email, since the internet <laughs> has the same potential to disrupt the whole world. And then I realized I've been writing about nothing else for weeks and that I was actually fine with that. Having loved freelancing and being versatile and going after a range of different things, I was suddenly niching down this exciting rabbit hole of a space. And it went from there, really. Early in the new year, I put together a small agency because I found I was working with clients who wanted a lot in a very short space of time, including a range of other marketing communication skills like social media and PR. So I started working with some people um, who I, I trusted because I knew they had those craft skills and could learn about the crypto stuff as quickly as I had done. And we've been working together most of this year. And it's absolutely fantastic. We love it. Are you currently writing? Who are you writing for? I'm writing for all sorts of different blogs and sites. That's a lot of web copy as well, sometimes writing with a byline, other times as a ghostwriter and best kept secret. Just wherever there's a story to tell about crypto and what's what's happening and what's changing. Right. I've just got back from the Malta Blockchain Summit, which was really exciting. So much going on legislatively around the world in terms of how smaller countries are really embracing this technology and paving the way. And I'm writing an article this morning about how power is shifting in the financial world away from the likes of London and New York to places like Malta and Gibraltar and Marshall Islands and little tiny nimble jurisdictions that are actually getting this and getting on board with it. And I think it's going to change the way the whole world looks in the next few years. I hope that you share that link with us and that we can put it in the description so everybody can see this article. Andreas Antonopoulos has 
influenced a lot of people into the space. And I, we always hear his name. And coming from Malta, can you please tell us a little bit about what happened in Malta? And also, where'd you come back to? I heard you live in Spain. <laughs> I live in Spain, yes. I mean, as a writer, I've been lucky enough a long time ago to be able to decouple where I live from where I work. And that's particularly important in, in this space where there's things happening all over the world in these exciting little pockets. I'm from London originally, but moved out here um, a lot of years ago now with a young family because it was just a nicer place to have a young family and to be. Um, and I love the fact that we can do that now and work globally. My, my business, Blocksparks, is constituted in Estonia. We're e-residents of Estonia, climate exiles from the UK, living in the Mediterranean. Yeah, we've been living in Spain for about 10 years now. But um, I think we're, I can't see us ever going back to the UK with everything that's going on there. But I love the fact that it's easy to live and work wherever we want to in the world now. It's just like cryptocurrency. We can move ourselves around the world very easily and flexibly. That's amazing. How was Malta? What was it like being there? Malta was incredible, actually. It was it was an amazing experience. It was because I'm a writer, I tend to do most of my networking online and I'm quite introverted and I do I work from home and it's very energizing being around lots of other people who are into the same thing that you are. Um I think they said it was over eight thousand delegates in in the expo and it certainly felt like it. It was really crowded. It felt like there was too many people for a small island at various points, just in terms of the restaurants and the airports and so on. But there was a huge buzz around that as well. There's an awful lot going on, and it was good to feel physically part of it. You know, it's funny that you say that. A lot of people probably wouldn't take me as an introvert, but I am just the same. I work from <laughs> home. I have a, an, uh, my office in my, in my house, my apartment. I do my podcastings. I, I do all of the things I need to do via the internet and so going out to meet people is almost daunting were you a little bit overwhelmed oh yeah i mean it is i i don't find it easy to do i find it exhausting but it's very rewarding i just don't do it too often so the last event i went to was one in london in the summer and i love that too and i came back thinking i must do more of these and then i leave it for months and months just to kind of regroup do all the stuff i want to do in my squirrely little writery way and then venture out into the world again when you need that shot in the arm of adrenaline of being around other people. What's your motivation for crypto? You just said about having a young family, living in Spain, being able to move around. What is your motivation in being in crypto and embracing it how you have? And also, what do you think of the crypto space these days? You just said that you were in Malta. It was very energizing talking to people that are like-minded. What do you think mm. of all those people and what, do, what keeps you motivated to keep going day in and day out? I suppose um, the fact that I have a young family is a big part of it because I see my daughters growing up in a world that feels fundamentally very unfair on them. I think having lived through the financial crisis of a decade ago, they're coming into a world where they're likely to be worse off in so many different ways than their parents and grandparents' generation. Crypto for me and a more transparent, accountable blockchain world represents an opportunity for things to be different. And even though they don't get it yet, I feel like this is part of doing my bit to work towards a fairer future for their generation. And it is a chance for things to be really different. We haven't seen an opportunity like this since the inception of the internet. And I'm old enough to remember when that happened and how it felt sending that first email and realizing we're sending information from one side of the world to the other. And wow, how exciting is that? And now we can do the same with value. Mm -hmm. The potential is immense. And so many people have no idea about that yet. Obviously, thousands do. And it was great to be rubbing shoulders with them last week. There are lots of exciting projects still going on. Anyone who says ICOs are dead, that's definitely not the case. <laughs> there were about 19 ideas pitching, varying quality, but, you know, all interesting and new. And Obviously, things like security token offerings are going to become more and more important going forward. But there's still a great deal of innovation in the space, a great many people trying to solve real world problems in new ways by tokenization. So I think we're going to see lots of exciting stuff coming out of it. Of course, it's a bubble. Of course, not everything will go the distance. But once that bubble settles down and we see the winners emerging over the next few years, I think the world's going to be changed forever. You said uh, one key word in there that I wanted to point out and I want you to explain. You said tokenization. You said multiple times that the world is going to change. How do you 
imagine, envision the world changing because of tokenization? I think, I hope, and I hope it's not naive to say that we're just moving to more transparency and accountability in a world that's become incredibly unfair and unequal. I think when that kind of thing becomes visible, that's when social change can happen. And blockchaining, even things like supply chain and sort of quite mundane sounding aspects of global commerce, is going to make things visible in a way that it hasn't currently been possible. And if we can start tokenizing ownership of assets around the world, of work, all the unpaid labor in the world, I think that it's just going to cause a fundamental shift in fairness and sharing. Um, I realize it's very easy to come off quite idealistic and naive when you say things like that. But then you look at the projects that are out there on the fringes and starting to get funded and realize that it is actually possible that people are going to be able to tokenize Things like subsistence farmers tokenizing their herds of animals that their tribe depends upon, but actually have had no intrinsic value and they've never been able to use them as collateral for anything. And they've never been able to depend upon income year on year or even prove ownership. Once things like that start happening at the very grassroots of society, and then people are using that same tokenizing technology to track through to the provenance of the beefsteak on their plate in another hemisphere. Mm-hmm then that connectedness is what's going to drive change. You touched on a little bit about your project a little earlier in the podcast. You have a project called Black Sparks, and you have a podcast as well. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, sure. We started Block Sparks earlier this year just to provide marketing communication services to startups in this space at various stages of their evolution. Uh, We love working with clients who are doing amazing things like distributed exchanges and ICOs and lots of other projects. But we realized, obviously, the one thing that they all have in common is a need for greater mass adoption, and that's the one common thread across this whole space. So we started to want to create more consumer-facing content as well, and that led us into the podcast because mainly of a recognition that this stuff is complicated. It's really hard and it's difficult for people to get their heads around. People need to understand and receive information in different ways. And I love writing. I'll, you know, I'll go on at great length about why I think this stuff is important, but I realized that's not going to reach everybody. And we wanted to find a way of bringing other voices in, providing a service of education. I mean, in the very much in the same way that you are with Crypto 101 of just being on that fringe that boundary between the people inside the space and out of it to pull out the great ideas and share them with people who have so much to gain from it. So that was the motivation behind that. Obviously, it will hopefully in time provide another platform for our clients to come and talk about what they do and how their innovations are going to change the world. We're never going to have it as a sort of ICO pitch fest. Um, But what I want to do is bring in experts who understand specific things about different aspects of the blockchain and crypto world to come along and explain that accessibly to people and answer the kind of questions that we're getting. We were going to call it crypto for my mum at first. <laughs> then we is, realized is that, that mom, my mum M-O-M doesn't... or is it British M-U-M? M-U-M, yeah. Oh, okay. It would have been M-U-M. So, you know, SEO disaster. <laughs> and then I realized my mum doesn't even know what a podcast is either. So, okay, it's probably not my mum, but it's it's people who are, we want to target people who are, curious consumers and they're smart they want to stay safe they want to understand what's in it for them mm-hmm. they want to not get ripped off um, they want to use technology in a smart way they don't want to create it or develop it or understand it any more than they have to in order to do that so that's the audience we're looking to try and communicate with and you know if we can bring one or two more people into the space that benefits all of our clients it benefits the world in general i hope for the future this might be a weird question but why why do you care? Um, I think for all the reasons that I care about the future and, and creating that fairer world. And because I think I want other people to experience the same kind of excitement and expectation around it that I do. I want my friends to stop thinking I'm weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know lots of other people who write and I'm part of a network in Spain and and all of them are writing about sort of travel and spas and restaurants and things like that. And I think, yeah, that's really exciting. I'd love to be able to write about that. I'm the only person in this network who's writing about sort of weird new financial technologies. Um, but I don't think there should be these barriers. I want 
I want other people to experience that aha moment that I got when I suddenly realized what this meant. Mm -hmm. And I think for every new person that does that is another little chip away at the old world and another step towards the new one. And it's just really exciting to be part of that. Maya, in 20 years, you look back on the development of Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, digital assets, and Black Sparks and your podcast. Where would you want, if you're looking back, to fit into the whole evolution? If you were, if somebody said, how did you help? What would you want to see yourself saying in 20 years? Oh, 20 years. You see, the world is going to be so different in 20 years, and it's really hard to imagine what it's going to look like and feel like. I would love to be able to say that we were there, that we were part of it that we helped open a few people's eyes, that we helped connect some interesting, exciting and world-changing projects with some people that could genuinely benefit from being part of it. And we helped to just sort of wear those barriers away a little bit. Some of the projects we work with, the, the most exciting and cutting edge ones are often the people who are least good at telling their stories. So I think that's, that's the role I'd like to look back and say that we helped tell the stories that mattered at that transitional time and help people make the leap into the brave new world. That's, that's awesome. Maya Milimus, I want to say thank you very much for spending your time with us on Crypto 101. Before we go, I want to say, what three songs would you like on the playlist? Oh, that's a really difficult one. Um, partly because I never seem to find time to listen to music as much as I would like to these days because I'm always listening to awesome crypto podcasts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the new Muse album next week. Um, okay. So their single from there, Something Human. I think if, if anybody was going to write an album about blockchain and crypto, it should be Muse. They haven't quite got around to it yet, I think, but they could probably get away with it. Um, what else have I been listening to this year? Barnes Courtney's album, Glitter and Gold, the title track from that would be a great one to have on your playlist and the other day i heard my daughter listening to an old amanda palmer track called in my mind and that was something i was reflecting on a lot a year or so ago when i was going through this bit of a career transition about what i thought i wanted to do with my life and now it's in a new computer game that she's addicted to so it's quite strange to hear that echoing around so you can put that one on as well <laughs> i will do maya thank you very much for doing what you do in the space and thank you very much for no coming point. on the show been a pleasure thank you all right bye-bye Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. To all my guests today, thank you for coming on the show and good luck with your projects. In our next episode of Crypto 101, I think we might have an ICO 101. To be perfectly honest, it's Thanksgiving. I haven't planned that far ahead. <laughs> Everybody, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great holiday and we will see you in future episodes of Crypto 101. Also, please remember, we're getting close to Christmas. So if you want to pick up Johnny's Guide to Cryptocurrency for your friends or family, for Christmas, go over to Amazon as soon as possible so you can get it in time for the holidays. And like always, ApogeeCrypto.com. That's A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com. The best place for your real-time prices. CryptoNews.com for your news. And I want to say a special thank you to our editors, Simon and Jay, for editing these episodes of Crypto 101. We'll see you after the holiday. <laughs>